0: Right now, we're going to talk about Bill C-10, which has caused a lot of consternation across the country. It's been a lightning rod of criticism for the federal government, uh, making its way through government procedures for months now. I think it goes back to November, if I remember correctly. And at many stops along the way, it has been lambasted by critics. Remember the clause that would make your social media posts subject to government regulation? That sparked huge debate over free speech and the very nature of the Internet. Uh, Eventually, the government did acquiesce on that and made it clear that your YouTube videos could not be censored. But that's just part of it. There's other troublesome components to this bill. Dr. Irene Berkowitz is a policy fellow at the Audience Lab, which is a research group at Ryerson University's Faculty of Communications and Design. She's also lead author of the faculty's YouTube report, Watch Time Canada, and author of a new book on Canadian television, Mediocracy. Why Canada Hasn't Made Global Hits and How It Can. Dr. Berkowitz, thank you for joining us this morning. appreciate your time.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Now, this bill, uh, the essence of it is to modernize Canada's really, really antiquated broadcast act for an online age, right? I mean, and right from day one, we've seen all kinds of criticism saying this plan totally misses the mark in that area. You agree with that, right?
1: Yeah what I do and I, I'm not the first to say that you, you uh, suggest that um, writers such as Andrew Coyne have uh, co- have uh, coined a great phrase uh, that the bill antiquizes not <laughs> modernizes uh, our approach to 21st century media by trying to um, put 21st media 21st century media essentially the the toothpaste back in the tube in a 21st century context, in a 20th century context. Right,
0: yeah. C- can, can we agree that, you know, what we do have regulating broadcast, and I don't even know if the internet fits into it, to, to be honest with you, but when we're talking about, you know, I think it was 1990 or 1991 since we last updated this, things have changed so much since then. We do need to take another look at this. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, yes, I do. Um, in fact, The U.S. updated their Telecommunications Act when they saw what was happening with the Internet. Uh, Really, back in 1996, they saw that boundaries between uh, providers and uh, content makers and content users and uh, technologies were not going to be preserved. And they, they made an act called the 1996 Telecommunications Act, which actually had the purpose to stimulate competition and simplify regulation, and look, look what happened. I mean, it had a purpose. And, you know, shortly after that, Netflix was invented, and, you know, makes me wonder, like, why? what prevented a Canadian from inventing Netflix, the global service?
0: Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we talk about trying to regulate the Internet, part of it is, is that even practical? Can you actually regulate the Internet? Isn't that sort of what the Internet is all about, being unregulated largely
1: uh yes Uh, and let me just put this in some historical context which may be a a, a lot for people but in 1999 in may of 1999 so we're talking uh you know quite a few years ago the crtc of canada made a world leadership position and said they would not regulate Mm. the internet uh and even as as far back as, as more recently, uh, Peter Menzies, who's a former vice chair of the of the CRTC, wrote wrote a, a beautiful article saying that you know will we be uh, how will we um, stimulate the content makers and the industry in in a world where there may be no gatekeepers or there will be no gatekeepers. So the CRTC has had different incarnations uh, in the last fifteen or twenty years. Understood very much what's going on. I mean, there are a billion websites. They're fluid every second. How will the CRTC know, you know, what 12 year old just up uh, from Edmonton just uploaded a TikTok video that went viral? Uh, it's completely preposterous to think that the CRTC can have jurisdiction over this. And more importantly for me, even if that were determined to be a purpose, there is n- no evidence that that's needed.
0: Okay, so let's take a look at this bill, Bill C ten. What it's proposing? Where does it go wrong? What, what, what I mean? What are the major faults that you find in it? Okay. Uh- <laughs> Keep <laughs> a reminder, we only have a, you know like a half an hour here.
1: No, well. I- I- in my new book, and Chapter 7 is probably the one to read if you want to really, you know, have a, a little, it's, and it's a short book, it's a whole book's only 150 pages, but I truly, uh, as a media researcher and policy analyst I truly believe in goal driven, evidence based public policy making, mm-hmm. so if you want to start from the first thing I think is wrong with Bill C-10, it's, I don't know what its goal is, what problem is it trying to fix Well, I mean, there's a number of different
0: poems that they're talking about there, correct? I mean, they're, they're, that's part of it. Okay. There's a bunch of different such things. As. Okay. Um, leveling the playing field for Canadian broadcasters and international broadcasters in terms of revenue.
1: Okay. So I've written on this. Other people have written on this, um, such as Michael Geis, but I've written on this a number of times publicly, is that the playing field is so level because the sunset linear broadcasters, who n- not just in Canada but the world over, are um, in you know being disrupted by a better, a better, faster, easier, cheaper technology to deliver programming, which is the internet. Yes. In Canada, they get a thirty percent artificial revenue boost from a regulation that's unique on the planet called simultaneous substitution. So then they are asked to contribute thirty percent of their revenues towards Canadian content. So their actual net contribution to the system is zero. Whereas if you look at a Netflix or a Disney or a Hulu or an Amazon Prime, they get the audience in Canada they get. No upside, no downside. So the playing field is 100% level. So that problem is a fake one.
0: Okay, all right. Um, what about some of the other limitations in terms of speech and what should be allowed and what shouldn't be allowed, and sort of, you know, in terms of misinformation and hatred and all the rest of those sorts? You're trying to put a limit on that.
1: Okay, so that's a very excellent question as well. Another excellent question. So there's another bill coming up, C 11, online harms. What is ta- being regulated? In this bill, and it's very important not to mix up these two things, there, uh, is what's Canadian content. And I was looking at the bill again last night because there's all this stuff going on about amendments and these yeah, changes, yeah. and it's very difficult to get a current copy, which we will get before the vote, I think. But they never define what Canadian means. So what is Canadian content? And this has been going on for for. Fifty years. What is Canadian content on YouTube?
0: Well, I you mean, the, the the obvious answer, I think, the common sense response would be content produced in Canada, right? Is that not clearly defined in the bill? Uh,
1: well, I don't know. I mean, if you're a Canadian citizen, what if what if you're taking a two year sabbatical, um, you know, in in India, and you're uploading your content, you're Canadian. So, I mean, the whole idea of location is sort of outdated. Um, what, what defines Canadian content in legacy long form? And when we're talking about something which kind of resembles legacy broadcasting, it would be SVOD, or subscription video on demand. The right. gate, you know, because those services like Netflix and Amazon Prime are gated. Um, they're carefully controlled what goes on them, um, although their, their shelf life is infinite. So... Canadian content is defined by the ten point system, uh, and never had a definition other than an industrial definition. So you know you could define. So that's never been defined. Is it Canadian? Any right. any Canadian any content uploaded by a Canadian? And who decides if it's Canadian enough? Uh, there, it, this, this is huge. In fact, my study on YouTube, um, uh, cl- clearly showed that. Canadian YouTubers are really scared of that whole concept of controlling what's Canadian and discoverability because they rely on foreign markets to monetize. And if they can't, and if and YouTube because it's a sort of totally open system. I think one thing the legislators don't seem to understand is that it's ungated, so YouTube YouTube doesn't control what goes up on YouTube. So there's no where where would the CRTC exactly intervene? Well, I mean, there's the talk of
0: was, talking, um, you know, asking internet service providers to get involved in that end of it. I mean, that's part of the bill that was discussed earlier as well. Was having internet service providers censor what's on their on their platforms?
1: The the pro- the philosophy is quite problematic as. We, we were discussing. Yeah. And as you very accurately bring up right now, the practicality is just It's a nightmare.
0: Yeah. So what's the better approach? Uh, and, and
1: let me just go to online harms a little bit. Yeah. So that's a serious issue which shouldn't be mixed up in C-10 and is going to be addressed. But if you think about the philosophy and the practicality of that also, it's also complex. Because around the platforms estimate around 1% of the content is problematic, which is to say, like, your ordinary day, um, your child is listening to super simple songs, you're looking at a TED Talk, you need to fix your dishwasher, um, you're not going to come in contact with the really heinous stuff. Um, And it's very, very organically motivated that YouTube and Facebook and other free advertising Uh, based services like television, you you know, like television, want to be a primetime friendly platform so they can attract the most advertising. Because they're ungated, going back to what I said a minute ago, they only know what's horrible once it's already up. And they, each of these platforms employs a whole workforce, not only in California, but in countries like the Philippines to try to monitor and delete the really horrible stuff. Mm. Now, if they can't even get it off their platform, you, this, how is the CRTC going to do that? I mean, yeah. it, it's just, it's a very serious issue. The whole world has to address this together, but I just want to bring up one last point sure. about disinformation and the horrible tragedies of things, is that technology, since the wheel and fire, and every single technology from to a fire extinguisher um, in the January 6th, every oven, every technology has been used for evil, not just the internet. The evil resides in human beings. Sure. So we're talking about getting used to a new technology. Took took 100 years to introduce the potato, so let... I just want to say that that's a very serious matter. It's kind of a side from C-10.
0: Gotcha. Okay, thank you so much for your time, Doc. I do have to go, but I appreciate your time.
1: Okay, great. Bye. Dr. Irene Berkowitz, talking about Bill C-10.